You're listening to the AfterBuzz TV Network. Now the largest new media platform on the web and your number one source for after-show entertainment. Very good, Buzz Studios in Los Angeles, California. Presented by Maria Menunos and streaming live thanks to Akamai Technologies. This is After Buzz TV's The Americans After Show. We'll break down tonight's episode and get you all the latest news and gossip. And now, another post-game wrap-up show for your favorite TV show. It's After Buzz TV's The Americans After Show. Welcome, everybody, to the Americans After Buzz After Show. I'm Joe Sanfilippo. I'm joined by the lovely Jen Golden, otherwise JTJ. Hi, everybody. Uh, we are not joined by Joseph Braswell because he is uh, out on assignment tonight. Um, that was a Stray Cats because uh, Phil bought a new car. And it's a pretty, pretty, pretty Camaro. Sure. <laughs> you don't care? No. Whatever, Jay. I, I care. How about that? That was a beautiful Camaro he bought. Were you jealous of his car purchase? Completely, totally, utterly, in every way, jealous of that Camaro. But you were, like, not all that impressed. You're like, really? That uh, does not look... Well, all I was saying was I, I thought production could have found uh, 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 one that looked a little cleaner, looked a little newer. But, like, the idea, the concept of the car, I love it. I absolutely adore it. I like that they were, like, super Americano at that moment. Oh, I know. And then it becomes this nasty symbol later on in the episode where he's standing there staring at it after he finds out about the submarine. This episode, okay, so now we know why it's called New Car, because that's just a parallel for everything that's going on. Right. And really, the issue is is all their technology mm-hmm. and everything. And so, you're, I like... You're pretty smart, lady. Thanks. It was really, like, a really deep... Deep it was, and and I think about halfway through, subtly deep. Yeah, you were saying you're like, come on, something happened. It was one of those. It was a deep one. It was a slow build, and and the Camaro becomes the ultimate symbol of American uh, of American. We're going to kill and do horrible things. The stuff, right? And then he's driving his symbol, and he has to stare at his symbol. Oh, it's so mean. Um, well, should we jump right into this thing? What did you think of this episode? First off, I thought it was a slow build. Um, <laughs> as I said, I was quite bored for quite some time, but then. Shit got real. Sorry, I had to say it like that because you needed to know how real it got. I'm sorry, I'm getting dirty looks from Stephen Lemieux. Uh-oh. Stephen Lemieux, I swear he had a. He, every it, it, day I expected from Joe, and every day I warned Joe, and then. Listen, I don't normally curse, actually. I know, that's why I didn't warn you. Right, but uh, how else was I going to describe that? Things got real. No. Stephen Lemieux was a nun in the past life. He was a very strict nun. He wrapped people on the knuckles with rulers. He was a very, very serious protector of children's ears. You know what? I think he takes his job seriously, just like our spies do. Indeed. All you right. like that segue right Did back. Did you see that? That right was amazing. Back. All right. So let, let's let's jump right into this episode. We start out with with, with Clark and Martha, and uh, and and Martha is doing something that we both kind of agreed is pretty stupid. Oh, Martha, you just made yourself like useless and dis- disposable. Don't be useless, Martha. Your only job is to accidentally spy for Phil. That is right. your only purpose. Oh, she's gonna die next. That's what we think. And she's like, everything's great except for this spying thing, Clark. I don't oh. want to do it anymore. It's, it's a very tough gig for, for, for Phil to have to get out of bed, convince himself he has to be there, and then turn around and sell her on the only reason that she's there. One more time. Oh, man, Martha. I had actually forgotten about Martha, and then we saw her, and I was like, oh, yeah, Martha. <laughs> we, we, we hear some rough stuff about Martha a little bit later on. Oh, that's tragic. Mm. I like that he doesn't end up 
playing that tape for her. Phil had a couple of like nice guy moments this episode, didn't he? He did. I was really impressed. And I think, okay, so let's talk about Martha quickly. So she says she doesn't want to do this like spying thing anymore and she can't like, she likes them. She likes the people she works with. Right. And so when she tells things to Philip, people in her department get in trouble. Or could get in trouble. Could they get actually in trouble. don't get in trouble well, because Gad he's not reporting. Did. Well, then not because of Phil. Gad got in trouble because of Stan. But she thinks it probably had something to do right. with, uh, with, uh, what you call it, with, with Philip. Right. And so he gets tapes to try and convince her that like her coworkers aren't that nice and like she shouldn't try and defend them and has this tape that says that she's like ugly and that even with 10 scotches, he wouldn't touch that her. Was, that was have hilarious. To touch her that. Yeah. Mm. And you know what? That, that, that's, that's, it's, I don't want to say sage advice, but that is definitely fairly standard advice. Don't hire anybody to work under you that you would like to have work under you. Yes. And I, as a female, I would also say my husband can't work with somebody that is. That's the truth, right? Not Martha. Right. If you met your husband's secretary and she's like, she's like, hi, I'm Eve. I'm the most gorgeous thing you've ever seen. You're like, well, Eve, you just got fired. I would probably do a lot of other things before firing her. But she, yeah. Yes. Yeah. Yes. Um, but that was, that was a rough little, little chunk there. It was, was it 10 scotches they were supposed to have? And then, and then Gad pr- pretty gu- gallantly, 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 gallantly <laughs> says, uh, says, uh, you guys, come on. It's not that bad. She's, 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 we like Martha. She's, she's nice is what he yeah. said. Or she's good at her job or something like that. Something positive. We like Martha in some yeah. way. And then, and then Phil has to chop it up and make Gad even worse. It's terrible. Everything out of context. Mm, mean spirited. Yes. But then he decided not to show it, not to play it for her. I like that change of heart. Because she was being so nice and she was recognizing that he was going above and beyond for things. He, like, took care of her hand when she hurt her hand while she was grabbing the hot She cut herself somehow or another, yeah. How'd she cut herself when she was holding a pan or something? I'm not a doctor. I can't. I I don't know. Details. So, anyway, Martha is not so swift in the kitchen. But Mm -hmm. um, he helps her and she's like, oh, you're nice. And he has a change of heart because she is really. And she's going to keep spying. She's a human. Yeah. But it, it works itself out. It does. Um. We we uh we we get to we get to see uh we get to see Philip uh going shopping with Henry, and 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 the uh we get to we that, again that Camaro is so pretty. I mean for me it's it, I was saying, you sound distracted by I, something. Uh, I love that Camaro. Uh, to me it's all about the Firebird actually. It's the Firebird to me was the hottest thing in the universe when I was a kid. Like the guy who had the Firebird was uh, you know anyway. Um, remember the Firebirds they had the with the big huge bird on the 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 hood Stephen anything what was I five oh, yeah. like I you, don't know oh they were so sick man you had that the whole hood was covered in the and then they discontinued don't look at me like that anyway Pontiac is no more the Firebird will never rise again but that was a beautiful beautiful car um so what, what the car salesman says is all about feel you know and it's that moment right where Phil re- Philip really gives in to America in that moment you know, and he, he, he says, yeah, let's do it, you know, yep. and, and, and Henry's in, and yeah, hell yeah, Henry's in. And he drives home with that car, and Elizabeth's face. <laughs> She's just livid, which, by the way, I really like that conversation they had about liking being here and things that, like, are American. And he's like, well, don't you like it sometimes? And she's, like, avoiding that question at all costs and avoiding saying, yes, she does. But I think she does, to How, be honest. Yeah, I mean, it's, I mean, you know... It, Oh, what did she say? She she likes it, but it's not better. Isn't that what she said? She said it's easier. It's I think she said it was nicer, but it's not better. Which I think all those other words describe the word better. That's the, well, right? the meaning it, of the word better. I, I guess you could say that there's 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 less of a sense of camaraderie than we assume is there in in in, in Soviet Russia, or less of a sense of, of of community pushing toward toward a common goal. But but 
yeah, you the the food is more plentiful and the cars are much better and the music is better and I mean, you know, you have more. The better better is subjective. So I guess if she loves her country, that's always going to be better even if it's more difficult. Yeah, I guess so. Whatever. I like having more than one pair of shoes. I think that's a good thing. Oh yeah, I like that Philip actually noticed her shoes and he's like, "All oh, those beautiful shoes you have." Like She's like, well, wait, wait a damn minute now. Like, do you want to wear her shoes? Why are you so interested in those maybe, shoes? Maybe he wants her to wear the shoes. Maybe. Um, maybe just the shoes. Maybe just the shoes. Sex to shoes. Okay, so um, I was told that's a thing, sex shoes. I had no idea. What? Oh, uh, yeah. Yeah, I didn't know that. Yeah. I live a very, very protected lifestyle. So. You have kids. It's true. We don't have sex shoes in my house. Or, I was going to say, or just sex. <laughs> or sex. That's it's, come and gone. It's pitiful. <laughs> just kidding, guys. Is it Wednesday? What day is it? All right. It is. Um, so, uh, so we get that new car home. We have that, that very American moment. And, and we've all had that moment when you get the new car home and your wife does look at you like, did you really seriously buy this? Well, but you have to have these conversations. They're very important. Okay. This also brought up another topic where we were like wondering where the finances come from because they have this business that is this travel agency. And I think it's come up a couple of times, or maybe it's just always me that brings it up. I want to know where they get their money from because, or what they make on a spy salary. Cause you were saying you're like, it's a service to their country, but I mean, our peeps get paid to do what they do not necessarily a lot but well i can't imagine it's 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 free and i mean there's obviously they had they had an economy and they had that everybody got paid but i don't know i don't know what how would we know how would we quantify we have to google this or bang it or whatever we have to google google how people got uh, how people how what was the salary of a spy a kgb spy in the 80s i just need to know that all right we can we can google that we'll do it in a minute um so, uh, but, but I think they also run a successful business, you know, and Stan's been giving them all kinds of business, you know, and got all kinds of guys coming through there. So on top of whatever, whatever they're given, they, they have a business. So if they're making money, you know, in, in their, in their, their business, then, then I would imagine they could buy whatever they want to buy. And they, I, I would imagine further, they'd be expected to buy it because they have to fit in. And if you're successful in America, you're not going to buy a garbage car. You're not supposed to. You're supposed to buy something good. Well, but how much more successful are they than their neighbor Stan? They have, you know, similar houses. Regardless of what they make, they live in similar homes. Right. But uh, obviously, they're, they're somewhat more successful than Stan because uh, when Stan drove past that, that Camaro and then into his garage, Stan was a little pissy. Oh, he was more than a little pissy. He was a lot pissy. He hated his life at the moment because he drove a car that his door didn't shut and he drove into a garage that was full of mess. Clean your garage, Stan. That's step one. Well, Stan is too – he's very, very busy, Stan, you know, going to bed with uh, women who don't like him. <laughs> oh, Stan. Poor Stan. Is it time to talk about him? It, it is almost time. Well, let's talk about Stan in a couple of minutes. All right. Um, we we do get to we do to get to shoot back to Russia, and we see we get to see Vasily again. We haven't seen him in a long time. I'm okay with not seeing him. I didn't. I, I thought I didn't, he was dead. Yeah, I thought so too. And I was surprised to see him not dead. But he's currently in charge of <laughs> that and installation. Kicking. Way to be not dead, Vasily. Yeah. Um. And uh, and we 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 get to see the the Russian scientist Anton, who has been repatriated. Uh, very much against his will, and is now, you know, being told basically, like, listen, it was a very gentle, I thought it was a very gentle scene, Vasily basically saying to him, hey, listen, you're here, you're stuck here, um, no one's going to do anything terrible to you as long right. as you get along and, and do what you're asked to do. Yeah, he's like, they put me here, I'm in charge of this whole place, like, you know, what a consolation prize to living in America and being free. Right? <laughs> uh, you get to run this weird factory dungeon In thing. the middle of terrible, terrible, freezing cold Russian winter place. But, you don't uh, get to be with your family, but you get to be in this. Look at how you're not dead. It's right. nice how you're not dead. You know, dead. when you look at it that way in comparison to being dead, I think all things are better. Uh, right? I think no matter how you cut it, that is definitely an up. 
Um, and so, so we have, we know that Anton is going to be reverse engineering the the Arknet that uh, that Phil stole, um, and whether Anton likes it or not. Apparently, um, and we we go and we we uh, then we cut to Larrick's house where Lucia is doing <sighs> something incredibly stupid, and and very much against what Liz specifically told her to do. Like whatever you do, don't do this. I'd like to say something on behalf of all the people that really appreciate rules and boundaries. She should have just followed them. You know what I'm saying? That's all. That's it. That's really it. And I understand you're hot-blooded, and I understand that people got killed, but that is why you're here, and it's a long game. It's not a short Where game. Where was she trained that she thought that was okay to go rogue? Well, I, I think that the, the Russians, uh, you know, they had partnerships with other countries at this time, but so it wasn't like she was, it wasn't like she was KGB. She was, she came from Nicaragua, so she's in a different... Do, do they, ha- I mean, I guess they have different spy groups and, and, and training systems, but like, Really? I mean, and it was all, it wasn't, it wasn't like, you know, it wasn't like she went through a real live thing. It wasn't like she went through, you know, six weeks of basic and then, and then sent off to, uh, you know, to some sort of specialist school. It wasn't like that. She kind of, you know, it, it was a different type of training. And like, what did she think was going to happen after she killed Larrick? That they were not going to come after her? Right. That everybody what, was going to be her buddy? I want to know what her big, like her end game was. What was your master plan? Here? I think her master plan was to kill Larrick, straight up. Because and Larrick, then what? Because Larrick trained the guys that killed her family. Got so it. her point of view was, I'm going to kill him, and then that is all I need to do. That's it. I think well, that's she died fortunate. without her mission being accomplished. No. unfortunate. And it was stupid. I mean, she, and I don't know if she calculated at the end of that that Elizabeth was going to be on her team, but obviously she was not. But by um, the way, she could have still killed Larrick after the fact. Yeah, but she didn't get to. Right, oh, yeah, 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 yeah. Homegirl should have had yes. patience. She was impulsive. And that's what happens when you're impulsive and you don't follow the rules. You get you shoot yourself in the leg with a dart and then eventually you get choked out by Lyric. Right. That's how this works. And, I mean, it kind of makes sense that Elizabeth didn't do it herself oh, and let him tough. do it because then she could say, I didn't do it. That was a rough scene. Or as a, like a, I don't know, she could have killed her. But then she, it's one thing if she killed her so that she would have done it so that the enemy didn't do it. So, she would have, like, put her out of her misery before the enemy did it. But it's another thing. I don't know. Oh, I think, well, you know, 6-1 have to She was going to die. You're dead one way or the she other. She was going to die. So it was just, um, yeah, exactly. We, we do get a we do get a, a brief little look at, at, at Stan and Sandra with that disconnect that is growing wider and wider. Because so Stan. So uncomfortable. Let's, should we talk about Stan? Let's Stan talk about Stan. Gives me so much anxiety. Stan, Stan is, is, is believing the lie. He's chosen to live in this lie. And it is so destructive. It's embarrassing, Stan. And it's really made worse because we're the omniscient viewer. We know that 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 Oleg and 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 and, and, and they're having like a party. That that you know that Nina and Oleg are yeah. just having a good time, playing video games, laughing, but you know, spending the whole night in a hotel, having the best time ever. Ever. And Stan is meeting her in that dumpy little apartment and giving up his whole life for it. All bad. Like I said, embarrassing, Stan. Because it really shows though that he. I guess is human and that he does things for love and whatnot. But I like that Oleg said, I am better at counterintelligence, you know, like, and then he, a couple episodes ago, had Stan go off course and the whole thing and like led him to a place where he wasn't actually going. Remember when like Stan was on his tail? Right. Took him to the, uh, took him all the way down to the, uh, down to the water, right? Right. I mean, they're literally dancing on Stan's grave at this point. 
And he's he's so dense. He's because he's so caught up oh, in this so fantasy. It's, it's arrogance too, like Stan. But it's it's a choice on some level. I mean, you know, there's there's a there's a, a, a play called M Butterfly, and it's basically it's about a, a French diplomat who is Madame Butterfly. It's M Butterfly. Is, is the, oh really? It's a little bit different, but it's a, it's a French diplomat who's in, who's in love with a Vietnamese transvestite essentially. And is with her for 20-some-odd years. And I think it's based on a true story. And at in no point in 20 years does, does he figure out that this is a dude. And the dude is a, is a, is a spy. And the whole thing it, the whole thing comes out eventually. And this guy loses How his post and has given up 20 years' worth of secrets. And it's because he's chosen to believe the lie as a, because it's easier and better than reality. And I think that's where Stan's at right now. He's choosing to believe this lie with Nina. Because it's better than his reality, right? And it fits whatever he wants, whatever it is he wants. This struggle and this this woman who's dependent on him solely on him for survival. And I guess it also makes it all worth it at that point because he's already like in so deep that he has to continue this. It, this is like his own personal mission now. He's like off course of all the other missions, and this is like his one thing he's doing. Yeah, he's he's, he's got all his eggs in this basket essentially. And I think a lot of it has to do with that that sense that Nina's given him that that it's only you. You're the only thing protecting me. Right. And so he's got this white horse that he's up on in this in shining armor. Ugh. What does he say to Oleg when they're in the when they're playing pinball? Uh, you know, he said, you know, if, if you if you harm her family, if you harm her, if you harm anything, I'll come after you. I'll I'll, I'll find you. I'll yeah, do he's this like, I'll make you feel different. Yeah, yeah, I'll, I'll make you. I'll, your your sense of of, uh, of I'm a diplomat. I'm untouchable is going to go away real quick. You know, essentially. And it was just such an uh, just such a sad scene because we know the truth and Oleg knows the truth, and the only person being played is poor Stan. But he's so he's supposed to be smart and trained and do counterintelligence and know when he's being played. Like you're being played stupidly, like about stupid stuff, like about a girl, really. And I, I thought that scene when they were at the apartment, it seemed like Nina, uh, you know, it seemed for a second there. And I had, and to be honest with you, I had my hopes up for Stan for that second. I was like, well, maybe she is into him because she had that moment where it seemed like she was basically covering her bases, kind of playing both sides. She is. But do you think she's covering her bases, or do you think she's getting just getting Stan in deeper? No, I think she's getting standing deeper. Yeah, so she, I mean, like, it seemed for a hot minute there where she was like, she was like, oh, I'm just going to kind of cover, you know, making sure that I have an escape route, but it wasn't. She was just digging standing hot. Huh? She was just digging him in deeper Yeah, no, she's deeper. playing this game really well. Uh, I think she knows she's safe, except for when um, Arcady said to her, you know, Oleg's family. It can be really good or they can be really bad. Right. They can be real good for you or they can really mess you up. Right, so... At that point, I felt like interesting. Now she's actually being threatened internally. Well, and that's the thing is, is, is Katie just letting her know, like, hey, you're playing with fire here. This guy can really help you, or he can really hurt you, one way or the other. Right. Uh, it was interesting to me with uh, with Gad and Stan that quick little scene where Stan's basically first they're trying to figure out uh, if the DOD is going to go after Oleg because that's because he stole the he stole the stealth plans when they re- repatriated uh, what, what's his name when they repatriated the uh, Anton. Anton. So so they're like, okay, well, what's DOD doing about it? And 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 Gad's like, I don't know what DOD is doing about it. Who knows? And he's like, okay, well, well, can I see the file? And no, you can't see the file. Of course not. It's DOD's file. And he, well, well, you know what? Well, why don't why don't we just kill him? Why don't we just kill Oleg? And Gad's like, what the hell are you talking about? Kill Oleg? What are you, it's DOD's problem. Wait, every time I hear the name Oleg, I think of Olaf from Frozen. <laughs> is that, I can't help you. 
Anybody else? Please, somebody. I mean, you, this is. I, guess, I would say there's probably different audiences for those two things. I, I think it's it's fair to say for that, this that, that, that and Frozen. But you know what? You have kids, so you might have seen I, Frozen. And Josh Gad is a great guy. He's you know he and I have hung out a number of times. He's terrific. And uh, again, not at all germane to what we're talking about. But there it is. <laughs> Sometimes it's not. <laughs> Sometimes it's what I feel like talking about. Can we can we move on? Oleg. All right, Oleg. Olaf. So so mm-mm. so Stan. <laughs> <laughs> Stan is uh, so Stan is getting deeper and deeper into yes. this thing, uh, and we see him at uh, we see him back at FBI headquarters, and he's overhearing everybody talk about this other FBI guy who ended up spying for the Russians and all the terrible stuff that happened to him. Um, so we we kind of follow him down the rabbit hole, and eventually he winds up in in front of a huge DOD guy, and I don't, I don't really catch the guy's title. And he's basically like, listen, can I get into the file? Can you give me the password? He is out of his mind. And the guy's like, what are you talking about? He's like, I have an instinct that we need to get in on this. So help me out. What do you say? The, the bureaucracy's like, like the bureaucracy's, screwing us? The bureaucracy's killing me. And he's like, I'm the bureaucracy. Holmes, learn your audience. Like, really, these are the things you're going to say and run around town. He's going to look like a spy because he's doing all these things that are, like, also rogue, basically. That's it. He's like, if there's a red flag to be raised, Stan is running around as fast as he can, raising them. (laughs) He's like a crazy girl is what he feels like. (laughs) No, no, I'm not mad. I'm not mad. I just want to talk to all your friends. I'm not (laughs) mad. (laughs) I mean, homie's gotten crazy. I'm just going to go to your mom's work and find out what's going on and why you haven't called me. Like, what? No, no, don't do that. Stan needs to get it together soon. We've been saying this, though. The demise of Stan is coming. No, he's falling apart. It's very, very rough. Um, Let's talk a little bit about about Phil and Elizabeth here. Philip and Elizabeth. Because um, uh, there's some interesting stuff going on with... Well, first off, let's talk about Elizabeth uh, with regards to to Lucia. Because she was really screwed up about this. She was. And we've been saying that she almost seems like a parallel because Lucia is like a younger her and and also very hot-blooded. And, you know, Elizabeth called it and said she's, you know, out of control, basically. She said that to Philip and was like, "I I remember someone like that. And... She was just trying to guide her, and now she had to let her die. Casualty of this situation. Yeah, it was a, she was mentoring her essentially, right? It was right? like her protege. And you remember, we I think we first we first uh, we first get to see Lucia when she's dealing with the, when she's dealing with the uh, the congressional aide, and and, mm-hmm. and Elizabeth has to bail her out of that scene, and then they then she uses her to get the uh, get access to the office, and, and but but you you do get the sense that Elizabeth had a little bit of a personal investment, not much. I think she's very careful, but enough that that you know that this was not an easy decision for her to make. Right. I mean, especially because they're on the same side, essentially. She, I'm sure, has like a you know an affinity for her because they're fighting a similar cause. So they don't usually have to lose their own people; they kill other people. Right, and and well, the thing that was really tough, I think, for uh, for Elizabeth is is how does she say it? She's like she's like I, I had it all worked out. I had it worked out with him. She didn't need to die. That was right. We had this planned out. We had it. We had it settled. Larrick understood the game. I understood the game. The only it was resolved, and then Lucia couldn't handle it. Couldn't and take it. To, what was she going to do? Kill him with a corkscrew? Apparently. Do you know any idea how long it takes to kill a person with a corkscrew? Seriously. It is not designed for killing people. And it wasn't going to disable him in any way, just like her little dart didn't. What was she going to do with the dart? I don't understand Torture what him? she was thinking was going to happen. No, I've, this plan was, I'm sorry. Badly planned out. Ba- ill-conceived. And, and Not that I think she deserved to die, but like, that's why there are plans. 
And this is why the grown-ups make the plans, not Lucia. Uh, so so what, what, uh, Elizabeth, poor Elizabeth is sitting there with Phil, who was so f- he was so interesting in that scene. So she tells him that Larrick killed Lucia, right? And Phil is like, let's get him. Right now, we're going to do him. We should have done him before. He's right. useless. Let's go right now. And then she has to say, I let him. I, I was there. I right. let him do it. It was because of her that he killed And then her. Phil has to digest that. And, and and then has to get the whole thing. And it, it it's such a gray show. Everything about this show is so gray. It's There's, like so well acted, so well written. There's so many subtleties. So much is said without being said at all. You know, I, I, I've said for a long time, good television is when the characters find themselves in positions that seem like there's nothing they could do but what happened. Right. And that is good writing. And that this show is so good. It's so well written because you you never feel like, at least I don't anyway, there's very rarely a genuine mistake made. There's very rarely like a character doing something where you're like, why the hell would you do that? Right. There's there's a lot of logic in this show. Yeah, they have to. Nothing's illogical. Yeah. They very carefully, they carefully get it to the place where the character almost has no choice. And that's what I love. I love TV when it's when it's well written like that. It feels it feels so motivated and so well done. And nothing feels kitschy in the show other than the wigs. Other than the wigs. But the wigs, much improved over last year. Much improved, but I am still not understanding why a wig makes a disguise. Your face is still being shown. A mask well, would be a disguise. Well, 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 Phil did an interesting thing with that when he when they were talk, talking to Lewis, though. He had a, a scar he put on his face. He faked right. the scar. Remember that? I mean, I, I think, I, I know, I mean, you know, if, if you say there's here's a wig and a scar or a wig and glasses, that's the takeaway is when, when, when the police are doing the sketch, I'm guessing they're right. coming up with a wig and glasses as opposed to all the little facial features. You know, remember this is the 80s. Nobody had a cell phone to snap a little, a little quickie. True. So it's all based on description. We actually discussed cell phones in this episode because it's like they call Elizabeth when she happens to be in the kitchen near the phone or she's home. But we don't ever see what happens when they're trying to signal them. Like, we're not in the house when somebody's trying to reach them urgently and they're not to be found. Yeah, how do they do that? I'm, I'm, we know, I we don't haven't gotten know. to the bottom of that. There has to be, there has to be some signaling. This and the salary. I need to know. Well, the salary is... If anybody out there in the universe knows what uh, what a KGB officer could be expected to take home in the 1980s, we'd love to know because I haven't found anything. But then again, we've been talking and searching, which makes we for a, a bad search. Um, but Elizabeth is very devastated by Lucia. I think she's very screwed up by having to make that choice. Finding her dead would have been one thing, but I think having to decide to let her die and watching her die and have, watching it be Larrick that does it, knowing that Larrick's going to go on to do whatever it is Larrick's going to do, which is right. going to be dark and nasty no matter what, because he's not a nice person. No. Uh, I, that was a very, very tough decision for her. Um, and what did she say? She goes, Lucia does not understand what we do. She doesn't understand any of it. Right. I mean, and that's the thing, too. She's a loose cannon with her actions, basically. She doesn't get it. Yeah, she was never going to be, she could never really truly be a spy. She could be an avenging angel for her village, but she was never going to be a spy. That was, right. that was an impossible thing. Right. Um, I'm hoping somebody like tweets at us and tells us what they make, but I guess not. Yeah, tweet is good. Um, don't have service in here. <laughs> now we also get we all, now, now then then our Camaro comes back and we get the Camaro as a as a symbol of American capitalist success. Yes, when he's speaking to Kate. When he's speaking to Kate, and and we we couldn't figure it out too because he's getting out of that Camaro and we're like, that's a long shot of that Camaro. Why is he standing there staring? You thought at he was going to torch it. I thought he was going to torch it. I'm like, I'm like, why is he killing the car? <laughs> don't kill the car. So uh, so he goes and he gets in the car with Kate and we find out that the uh, that he's really mean to her. Over he and is over mean again. To Kate. Why though? Because she didn't do anything to him other than show up to help. Well, maybe it's residual anger toward Instagram that is now being deflected onto Kate. Yeah, because I guess they wouldn't have needed Kate if you know if Instagram hadn't bounced. Right. 
We haven't gotten to the end of Claudia, though, by the way. We still haven't no. figured out who killed the other fam. We don't know what happened. Right. And I, I'm very interested in that storyline. Anyway, so he's talking to Kate, and she reveals to him after he says, get over with, get it over with, spit it out, that the plans he had stolen for the propeller for the submarine and given to the country actually was a facade and it was fake plans and that his own people died because of it as a result of their fake plans that they rough man 160 dead Belomorsk sank and which leads me to question like listen don't the russians have engineers to look at the plans right like i'm sorry this and this do not mix like i i, I mean how good why do they trust america so much if they don't trust america well, that's the thing. Like, and, and how do you how do you make a a good enough fake plan that you can build it, put it on a submarine for three weeks, take it deep sea for testing, and then have it screw up? I don't know. I like that Oleg also was like, can't really blame us when you guys hurried a five month process into three weeks and sent our one hundred sixty folks into that submarine. How stupid! And but I mean, you know that that kind of stuff happens. You know, I had a, a friend of mine whose whose uh, whose father was a marine for for thirty years. And there was a mission where a, an upper guy decided that, that we we're going to go with this. It was just a, just a training exercise. And they crashed two, uh, two enormous helicopters with 20 guys on each one. And all the junior officers that were involved in that, none of them had decided to go. It wasn't, on their, it wasn't their call at all. But every junior officer had their careers basically tanked. Because, the, the, because a guy two levels up had decided we were going to do this thing despite the fact that it was raining and despite the fact that the wind shear was too high. So, I mean, this happens all the time. Like, there's a higher up. I'm not taking the fall. You're taking the fall. I would just like to say, though, that it should make everybody question what they're doing here if their own country is not crossing T's. Well, and that's the question, right? If you're stealing engineering plans, shouldn't there be an engineer or 50 to look them over? Yeah, they trust this Anton guy so much. But, like, don't you want to ask your folks, like... Can you review these plans, A, before we spend the money to build this thing? And also, B, wow, they built it so fast. Yeah, right? Uh, anyway. There that... had to be mistakes anyway. And also, what if they just made mistakes when building it so freaking quickly? Well, and, that, and I, I understand at the time there's that pressure. There's that fear that if we don't have this thing or we don't understand this thing, the Americans could be you know, running circles around our submarines. And right. we have no idea they could be parked right outside of you know, Belarus. We'd have no anyway. Um, I get it. but uh... So this chart. I found says that the medium household income for 1985 was around thirty thousand dollars, and the KGB were making. I would assume that they would be making as much as a middle class family. So I'd assume any anywhere from thirty five. So to $40, you're saying 000. that the Russian middle class income in 1980 was thirty thousand? Yeah, around there. Yeah, that was a Russian. Uh, that was. It says immigrants. Um, it says the immigration median household in, income. So I'd say sleeper cells would be put in a in a position where they are middle class American, you know, just normal people as opposed to being poor or as opposed to being rich. But what were like I mean that's like outward facing, but what were they really making? I don't know. I, I can't really tell you exact figures. <laughs> I need to I know. Stephen Lemieux, you are half from useless. Would you pl- come on now? I need spy salaries. All I right, don't so want we, regular folks. Let me salaries. just use my time machine really quick. Would guys. you get on it? All right, so Stephen Lemieux has found out that the average median income of immigrants into the U.S. in the 1980s was $30,000, but we still haven't gotten to the bottom of the KGB average salary. All right, I got it. Okay. So uh, so it, it's, it's discussed that uh, Operation Marshall Eagle would be perfect timing here to show the American hypocrisy and, and how, how bloody and how awful what we're doing in, 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 in the Contras is and is going to continue to be. Um, and and for, for sake of clarity, what we're doing is training is we're training these, uh, these commanders 
here in America, at the School of the Americas, and eventually it becomes like a full-blown thing. This does grow, and it starts as a camp, and it grows into a full-blown school. Um, basically, what we're doing is teaching people. We're teaching people uh, in their home countries how to combat communism, which, of course, is code for how to combat anything that is going to go against our interest in your country. Mm-hmm. So um, so that's what they're trying to expose with Operation Marshall, uh, Marshall Eagle, which is the whole thing that's coming up. Um, side note, JTJ found an amazing article in the New York Times by Dave Itzkoff, uh, Oliver North, now in the service of TV's KGB. Oliver North actually works uh, on uh, on the Americans for the next episode. He is a uh, he works as uh, as essentially a consultant. He actually gets a credit in this thing. I mean, Oliver North is the template for Larrick. I mean, obviously not uh, homosexuality and, and and traitor notwithstanding, but he was a huge facilitator in in uh, in, in the Iran Contra scandal, and obviously at the center of it. And it's kind of amazing to me that they, you know, that Fox is the parent company of FX, so they got a hold of FX, you know, sent over to Fox and said, "Hey, can we get somebody on this?" And they said, "How about Oliver North?" And they said, "Oh, okay, fine." So that's going to be really, really interesting. I'm really, uh, apparently he provided them with so much information. The episode is going to be super dense. That's next week. Also next week, yeah. we have uh, we have Oleg in studio. Uh, so that ought to be a lot of fun. So uh, I'm excited. So we got you got to, you got to tune in next week because we've got an Oliver North inspired episode and we have uh, Oleg here in studio with us. Wait, and more importantly, we have a third season. And a third season. A third season. A third season. So, uh, like, what else is going to happen? I need to, I mean, this is craziness. Well, lots of stuff happens. I mean, the Cold War goes on and on. Um, we didn't finish this episode, though, so let's get, let's get through this. Phil and Liz, uh, we, uh, we, we, we watched them watching Reagan. And, and it was interesting because that's one of those things that I remember, I, uh, you know, I remember that Reagan when I was a kid, like that strong. Uh, you know, that, that Reagan who was going to put America back on top because, you know, Carter administration, they, they did stop a, a lot of the military spending. They, they lowered the, the, the amount of money we were spending. And for a hot minute there, the Russians were spending more than we were on, on, mm-hmm. on defense. And it was very interesting to see him basically come out there and say, you know what, I don't, I don't care about a balanced budget. What do I care about that? Nothing wrong with 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 a, with, a, with, a, with borrowing. We're going to borrow. We're going to build this military back up. It's going to be. We're not going to fall behind these people. Right. And I remember there was so much pride uh, that that so many people felt in what he had to say about that. And they were believing in in in, in what what George Bush the first at that time called voodoo economics. That somehow or another, if you gave tax breaks to the to the richest people in the country, that it would trickle down and there would be enormous prosperity instantly overnight. And of course, it has never happened. It's never worked. But but it was the belief that had never really been tried before. So it was that, that optimism and that belief that this actually could happen. I remember that feeling. And, and it's interesting to see that same, those same speeches from the point of view of KGB agents. Which is so crazy because Elizabeth's comment was, ugh, he'll do anything. Yeah, so are you, Miss Spy Lady, who watched your own friend die earlier in the episode? Ooh, hypocrisy everywhere. Everywhere. Well, I think what she's saying is that, you know, you get the impression from some of these guys that they think, you know, and, and I would imagine that's kind of the deal, that, that you believe your, no one wants to believe your country could be the uh, instigator. You, no one wants to believe your country could possibly be the one who's essentially wrong or right. or evil. But, you know, so so Elizabeth is looking at it from that point of view, like, he must have looked like a lunatic to them. They, he must have yeah. terrified them. But he was also an actor, too. Like, I mean, I can't imagine what they would have thought about. Can you, that's what I'm saying. Like, like. Wait a second. They gave the reins to an actor, and he's nuts, and he wants to right. go. You know, like we had this thing going with Carter. We seemed like we were trying to be friendly a little bit, and they're like, nope, all that's off the table. We're going straight. We're going We're going to fight. Um, 
so that, that I enjoyed that very much, just having the juxtaposition of my memory of, 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 of that time and, and their point of view about it. Um, uh, so we, 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 we get a little bit of, uh, again, we, we talked about this earlier. Uh, Philip really has this soft spot, this episode. I think he, is he, do you think he's responding to having to kill that guy last week that he didn't want to kill in the, uh, the, in the computer room there? Maybe. I mean, I do think that he has a lot of questions that keep coming up with this job. So I think that he really questions the people he has to kill now. It's not, it's not as cut and dry for him, I think. Uh, yeah. I think he's kind of, you know. I, I, Especially I people that have kids or, you know. What did he say at the bar know. last week? The bar last week he was talking about, uh, do you know how? Do you have any idea how many people I've killed? Yes, I remember that. You know, this guy was in the wrong place at the wrong time. And, right. and, and he said, well, you know, you did what you had to do. And he says, no, man. Right, I don't he, think he wants to kill people. I, I would, do you think he's just, I mean, do you get full? Do you get to a place where if you're a decent human being, you get kind of like, you know, I, I, I can't do this anymore. I don't want to play well, anymore. I think in the beginning we saw that he was sort of checked out anyway. He wanted to, you know get out of this whole business. But, but I don't know. It's just such a interesting show and there are such interesting characters and have such interesting arcs that like who really can keep up with their emotions because they're also spying and they're also tra- travel agents and then they're also parents and there are so many things that we don't know really what they're feeling or thinking because they're spies. Seems to me like Phil is like desperately seeking something on some level. like like Fulfillment like, in his life? Well, I don't know. Maybe, or, or just something to be right you know, or something. Well, to that's be the thing. I think okay. they just don't trust any situation. They don't believe necessarily that their country is always right. I don't think they believe that America is always wrong. I don't think that. I don't know what they think. Even their son, who snuck into a house, was he completely wrong? I don't know because then he kind of said, "You guys aren't home." They weren't home. I know that it wasn't right, but it wasn't really wrong. Well, yeah, I wanted to get over there. I wanted. I wanted. Like, I, I didn't do it. I didn't steal anything. I didn't hurt anybody. It, it seems to me that Henry and Phil are kind of on parallel. Parallel seeking yeah. planes, like like Phil, it seems to me is seeking something. I think the new car is is a metaphor for him. He's seeking like if 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 he can find it in America, if it is materialism, if it is the idea of uh, you know what, more is good, more is better, more is more, and and so I can I can go out and I can buy this car, and it's and the salesman said it's all about feel, right? It's right. all about how you feel, and so he can feel that car, he can feel that power, and that feels good, right? And so maybe that's what he wanted to feel. And meanwhile, Henry's seeking that perfect family, which is the next door neighbors. He looks over them at, uh, two weeks ago or last week, and he sees them just a perfect family. Like, the, hey, buddy, and he's got it going on. He tosses his kid's hair, and they're going on a quick vacation, and the house is perfect, and mom and dad seem like they're home all the time, and, and everybody's real. So they look perfect to Henry, so he wants to go sit in their perfect. And and I think they're on this, this parallel trip. They're both seeking something right, and yeah. neither of them are kind of getting there. No, and you going back to Philip's anger toward the United States with, you know, when he looks at his car with disgust and whatever it is after he finds out about the mm. submarine being sank. What did he think America was going to do? Give out plans willy-nilly, like make it that easy for them? Did he not think there were any tactics of our own at the time? <laughs> like, I'm sorry, this is not a one-way game you're playing here. That's why it's the Cold War. Like, you really thought you could just take these plans and it would all work out pleasantly? And that no one would be doing anything on the other end. Like that's for as smart as they are, I feel like they're a little bit naive. Well, I think it's almost like a requirement of the job because in order to be a true believer in anything, whether it be religion or 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 government or a spirituality or a philosophy, you have to have some degree of naivete because the bottom line is any of these things they're built by people. 
whether it's religion, government, philosophy, it's all built by people. Right. And so it's going to be flawed. It's going to be wrong. It's going to have huge holes in it. So is yours, though. Well, yeah. So if you're diving into it one right. way or the other, you got uh, you know you you got to have some some degree of naivete. Right. All right. Um, anyway, Phil and Liz. So Phil lets Lewis. Looks like he does not want to kill Lewis, even though he gets everything out of Lewis that he wants. You don't want to kill him. No, he doesn't. And then they don't. So that's great. No, they don't wind up killing him. And no. uh, and as far as we know, they tie him to a tree, which was a really interesting scene. And poor Lewis, man. Lewis played that out. He just he tried. He, cried. he did. I felt for him. I really <laughs> did. It was weird though. He kind of cried like. With his face and his eyes, but not with sounds. It was just a weird. I be. It was sad. I dug it. I thought. I, I dug thought, it. it big sad. big props to whoever yeah. played uh, whoever played Lewis. I thought he did a great job. Um, I think. Did we cover everything? I think we did. I think we, the only thing we didn't talk about is Arcadian Oleg and and discussing that. But we we talked about it briefly. How they didn't test it for more than three weeks. So it should and have we'll, been five months. We'll talk about Arcadian Oleg more when Oleg's here next. Oh uh, yeah, so. we're going to talk about that next week when Oleg Tweet us is. And tell us your questions for him, guys. Yeah, that will be a wonderful thing. Please let us know if you guys have any uh, any questions for uh, for our guy next week. We're going to have Costa Ronan. Yes, absolutely. Yes. We're going to have him in in studio next week. Um, uh, do we have any predictions, Jen? No, that it's going to be a great next episode. That's about it. Because All right. I think we are out of time. Oh, we are out of time. All right. So join us next week. Like I said, we will have Oleg in studio. We will be watching the uh, the episode that was uh, consulted on by Oliver North, who was uh, at, on the ground at the time. Um, I'm Joe Sanfilippo. Uh, Jen, uh, Jen, where can we find you? Twitter and Instagram, Jen the Jew. Facebook, Jennifer Golden. My website, JenniferGolden.com. And you can find me at Joe Flippo, J-O-E-F-L-I-P-O on the Twitters. And my website is JosephSanfilippo.com. We will see you next week. From executive producers Maria Menounos, Kevin Undergaro, Phil Svitek, and the entire AfterBuzz TV staff, we would like to thank you for listening to the AfterBuzz TV network. To watch or listen to other After shows and post comments or questions, be sure to visit AfterBuzzTV.com. I'm Sir Richard Wentworth, and this has been a presentation of AfterBuzz TV. Buzz. See you later. The views expressed herein are those of the host only and do not necessarily reflect the views of AfterBuzz TV or its owners or principals.